Welcome to Across the Gun Counter, guys. I'm your host, Joe Riva, joined by my co-host, Tyler Weaver. And this week here, guys, we are here with a, a much, you know, much expected topic that I don't know why it's taken us so long to do. Uh, <laughs> Considering most of the pictures that we post on our page contain this firearm. And that is uh, the AK-47, if you haven't guessed it by now, or the AK in general, because we can get into nomenclature later on, but mm. the AK. Uh, your first AK, we haven't really talked about, you know, buying your first one. We've talked about, like, handguns, other things like that, but not but not the AK, yet we have so many pictures of the AK everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's one of the, it's one of the firearms where people go to their average gun shop they see an AK on the shelf, and you don't really know what's a good one, what's a bad one, why. You know, they pick it up, okay, looks, feels like an AK. But there's huge differences to be found once you start diving into them. And I think that's one of the things that we should definitely dive into today. Absolutely. And there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, with a bunch of the AKs on the market, too. I think when it comes to your first AK, like a bunch of other stuff, it's your first, not your last. So when a lot of people talk about getting an AK and some people say, oh, well, that company's junk or that company's junk, I, I think it really depends on what you're trying to do with it and how much you're paying for it. And not just that, but like if it's one of the things you're just testing the waters, you know, okay, fine, buy a cheaper AK just to see if you even like it. You know, there there's certain things about different guns that you might not like, you know, having that right side charging handle. If you're a right-hand shooter, I mean, even worse if you're a left-handed shooter, but having the charging handle on the right side of the rifle compared to the left side can be kind of awkward the way you have to do mag changes, stuff like that. So it's definitely not a bad thing to buy a cheap one just to see if you even like it. Yep, so if you're ak curious, I guess, if you will. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I, I'll get out of here now. Uh, <laughs> um, so I guess if you're looking for an AK, you know, that's it's not the same platform as an AR-15. Like Tyler said, there's just so many differences on how they handle, operate, how they break down. Yes, they're very similar, or yes, they're very simple to break down, but they do not break down like an AR. Yeah, they're both very similar in, in terms of that, the simplicity of the na- of the breakdown, but they're not, not the same. No, and, and even if you want to get into like, okay, I want to adjust my sights. Oh, AR, pretty easy. AK, not so much. No, that's even, I mean, even the sight tools are completely different between the two. The The sight radiuses in general, AKs, mm-hmm. you tend to have a little more, I guess. An AK for your windage. Yeah, for the windage on an AK, you're basically ha- having to press that front sight. Yeah, you know, to the right or left. Kind of like a lot of like older rifles. Yeah, that's the thing is, again, look at when the AK was initially designed. It was designed right after World War II. Actually, it was yeah. designed well, during ar- World War II. Arguably, yeah, during World War II. So granted, the, the AR platform was designed, you know, only about 10, 15 years later. But still, there was enough differences and they were able to see what worked, what didn't work, and kind of go from there. And I'm not saying that one is superior to the other because not the topic of this podcast, I should say. And, yeah, <laughs> it's about the AK, your first AK. So, Tyler, you know, let's start with what was our first AKs? You know, we've talked about this in a couple episodes previously, what we both had, and where did you start? So, my first AK was actually a gift, so I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't have too much choice in it, but it ended up being a Century Arms um, M70AB2, which is the Zestava underfolder. So, not a bad starter AK. 
to be honest. It was an underfolder, so I had a little bit of versatility when it came to like what case I'm throwing it in going to the range. You know, because you can fold it up and put it in a really short case. Not necessarily a backpack, but something a little bit bigger. So, very portable. I think it came with two uh, Yugo mags, and the Yugo mags are pretty unique where the follower has a flat back to it, so it acts as a bolt hold open, which was a nice feature for that one. Something I love about the Yugos, just in general, I love that bolt hold open feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of cool until they get the shit beat out of them, and then they don't really work anymore. See, I haven't had that happen with mine yet, so, but again... Oh, a couple of mine are pretty old, so... Uh, yeah, times I had to take them, take them out, kind of uh, persuade them back into shape, and maybe hit it with a file to square it up a little bit. Ah, that's the but, nature of surplus, know. though. Part of the exactly, point. exactly. So, what was your first AK? So, my first AK, I was a little more limited with options being in Jersey, and I remember going to the shop, and all they had were ARs, and I had asked, you know, hey, do you guys have any AKs? And of course, out from the back, they brought out. I, I had no idea about AKs. I just liked, you know, AKs. Uh, they brought out a Wasser 10, and I was instantly in love with it because it had that traditional wood furniture to it. <laughs> it was Jersey compliant, which I know that's typically a bad word or bad term, but yes, this one, yeah. the, the only thing it really didn't have was um, the bayonet lug on it. That was it. Because which for it, a lot of people, they, they overlook that. They don't really notice it until they're really looking at the gun and go, oh, yeah, it is missing that. Exactly, and it just had the, the muzzle brake was you know pinned that was it so it looked mm-hmm. like your traditional ak in every sense of the word the only issue was i was on my own to get find 10 round magazines which in hindsight was kind of horse crap because that was i was buying it from that shop in jersey and, and they didn't cut me a break with they're like oh we just can't give you the 30 round mags well then why'd you yeah. bring it why'd you even bring it in <laughs> and yeah yeah, so, and at the time, 10-round magazines, the availability wasn't like it is today with AKs, and I ended up getting a Tapco 10-round magazine, and I actually had to file the rear of it down to actually get it to fit into the receiver, because unbeknownst to myself, the receiver conversion for the Magwell wasn't the worst done, but it wasn't opened up as much as it could have been, mm-hmm. so it had issues accepting any kind of polymer mags. I gotcha. So it it was a cool gun. Yeah, all the mags gen- generally are on the bigger side. Oh yeah, that's. The, I remember when we were talking about building. You even said the P mags have like the tightest fit typically when it comes to AKs. And I even noticed that mm-hmm. with the Palm, the US Palm, they tend to be a little bit tighter. But that aside, I didn't hold on to that AK for more than a couple of years. I'd say I actually ended up trading it uh, for an SVT forty. Believe it or not, at Ooh, the time, nice. And I don't have that rifle anymore, unfortunately. That was. Yeah, long story. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it was a cool AK. I loved it, and I, you know, highly recommended to anyone. You know, a Wasser Ten would have been a cool place to start. Then I started diving more into AK lore, I guess, if you will, and just learning about AKs. And a lot of people were mm. bashing Wasser Tens Nine Ways to Tuesday, and I was kind of very—I don't want to say surprised, but I guess surprised because I was at like, well, hey, AKs. Yeah, one simple. of those things like, hey. I've never had any issues with it. What's wrong? What's wrong with these, you know? Is there any merit to what they're saying? Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I ended up doing some research, and now that I've kind of gone through the years, when you look at a lot of those Wasser 10s, the sights were candid, things like of that nature. There just wasn't the quality control into actually doing all the conversions. You even see it once in a while with the Magwells nowadays, which some people overlook. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're not as pretty as your... 
your average one that's done on a CNC machine, I guess. But they do for an entry-level AK. They they typically get the job done. Unfortunately, the Wasser 10s have gone up tremendously in price. They've actually doubled mm-hmm. since when I first bought mine. I Yeah, they were, what, like 300 bucks. So, yeah, when I first saw Wasser 10s, the first AKs I'd ever seen was at a shop in West PA near Carlisle. And they were like three hundred fifty dollars. The first mm-hmm. one, the first one I bought, which was like two years later, because I think that was when I was sixteen. I turned eighteen, got my all my jersey nonsense out of the way, and uh, yeah, I think I paid five fifty. Five fifty is what I paid. Isn't bad. No, it's not bad. But nowadays, MSRP on those I think starts at about like ten eighty, ten sixty, something like that. Jesus. Yeah. So you think about that in the age of starting AKs. A Wasser 10 might not be as viable as a starting option for some people. Yeah, but now let's get into the other side of the coin there where, you yes, you have the option to buy a, you know, completed firearm or you could go the build route, which obviously me being in the gunsmith industry, I see a lot of that where a lot of my customers, hey, this is my first AK. I really want, like, this specific country of origin because some people really get into that, like, hey, I have a Polish ancestry, I really want a Polish AK, something done nice. You know, so they get a uh, Polish parts kit, they get a receiver, they get a barrel, they get all the 922R compliance parts that they need, and they'll bring it to me and say, hey, I I would like this built to the best of your abilities. See, I like that, and I think for the average person, like, I think they'd more buy then build but i do like the build as your first ak i'm not opposed to it but Mm -hmm. i think when it comes to the guy who's going to want to go out and get the parts kit and build it someone like us and yeah i say a guy like us yeah i'm stereotyping you people who don't want to build ak's you people (laughs) um but the guys who don't want to go out and get the kits the guys who do want to get the kits is what i'm saying is they're more the the more hardcore ak guys they're the guys who mm. they know for a fact they like ak's there's no question if and or buts about it they like ak's and this is not only their first but they're going to have many many more you know what yeah. i mean so uh <laughs> like guys like us we would absolutely build one as our first as our first option yeah and for some people the the building process is the the fun part of the AK where like there's other guys that I talk to they're like no I just want to be able to go to the store buy the gun take it to the range yeah there's even some hardcore AK guys like that I know several who are like that they're like Joe why are you wasting your time building them just go buy it and I'm like yeah but that's Mm -hmm. not I don't know it's not this it's just not the same experience for me though I have bought two AKs uh you know now I've built one and I'm working on a second one with you as well yeah but from the buying perspective How do you view your first AK purchase? Were you happy with it? I was. I still have it to this day. There's things I don't like about it, but at the same time, that was kind of my entry firearm into non-traditional firearms. I I don't know how better to put that, but coming from a family where, like, my dad had hunting rifles, hunting shotguns, and revolvers, this was semi-automatic. You know, this didn't look like anything we had. It had a detachable magazine. You know, it it was different. It's really the gun that kind of bit me. Okay. And, I mean, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- 
that's a that's a real good way to look at it. I didn't even think about it like that because mm-hmm. very similar to yourself, although you had more of the hunting tradition with the firearms and the and the shotguns and whatnot, you know, from my dad's perspective, was all the military surplus, the M1 Garand, the Springfields. You know, we had a couple of Arasakas growing up in the house, stuff like that. Yep. It was a much different change of pace. And even from an I hate I can't keep it. It, it was the black sheep in the safe. Yeah, pretty much. And to me, it was like the coolest thing because just growing up seeing the shotgun news, all those different, you know, AKs you mm-hmm. can see advertised. It was just, I don't know. It was just cool. Not even, they, they did nothing with the advertisements either. It was literally just, no, it's just gun nostalgic. and the price. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, so when people talk about gun advertising 15, 20 years ago, that got a lot of us into guns, it was mm-hmm. literally just a picture and a number and from a catalog. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about in the days of Instagram where you have to have like, a gorgeous background. The gun has to be angled just right. The light hitting it, the shadows cast and everything. Back in the day, they literally just put like a profile view of the gun and slapped yep. like a low price tag on it and guys are just drooling over it. Yeah, it would just you know? be Joe and Tyler's surplus or whatever and there would be a picture of an M1 Garand and then a price tag of whatever it was. There was no yeah. no glamour shot, no like, you know, this but then is again, people, gun. People back in those days actually had imagination. You know, they could picture themselves <laughs> with that gun without seeing it in the perfect lighting. Oh, but I'm even talking about the ads going back to like 15 years ago, like pre-Instagram, you know, I'm going back to the MySpace days. Oh, shit. Remember that was a platform? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now that is half the audience, but that's okay. Me and my buddy were just talking about how you used to have to fucking, uh, like, code to, like, change colors and stuff on there. Oh, God. Do you remember that? Was... that? Yes, absolutely. I remember that. <laughs> just answered a picture. Jeez. Yeah. But like, I want the border red. What was it? Zero, 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 five, zero, zero. Like whatever the hell it was, just the code for the color red. There's a reason I work with guns, not with computers. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And, you know, that in mind, so someone going into AKs nowadays, what, you know, buying an AK, there's, there's a couple different options out there. And before you pick, you know, which company or which brand, I think you have to establish two different things. And okay. you, you might agree with me here, and that is, do you want a more modern style AK or a more traditional style AK? Yep. And yep. And then the second question is, are you going AKM pattern or are you going Yugo pattern? Okay, and see, I would take it one step further, and okay. oh, how hard are we going to try to push this gun? Like, your your first AK. Is this a gun I want to last for 2,000, 3,000 rounds? Like, are we going for longevity? Or is this something like, hey, you know, in all honesty, I First go to the range. Lane. Yeah, I go to the range like gotcha. you know, twice a year. Something like that. Because if you're dumping two, 3,000 rounds through a gun that has four or uh, cast trunnions in it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want. You you're going to wear the gun out. Yeah, you're going to wear the gun out before you're. Uh, ready to. So, actually, before we even go into what styles or what anything, the big thing is avoid cast trunnions. Avoid cast trunnions like the plague. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they do not have a good reputation. I know there's one company out there that does cast trunnions now that does them well, and that's fine, but I'm still going to avoid them like the plague. There's just the... I mean, Tyler, this is you. Gunsmith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's... I've already had brand new guns. I shouldn't say brand new because they did take it out, shoot it a little bit. But I've had new guns come in the door where they're like, yeah, bought it. You know, my first AK did a bunch of research. Went, oh, these are cast trunnions. They're not going to last. 
So the gun literally came into my shop to have the trunnion swapped out for forged trunnions. Yep. So because hammer forged trunnions are going to be stronger, where cast trunnions, the the material isn't formed in the same way. You know, it's poured in rather than beaten into shape. So the forged trunnions are a lot stronger. They can handle the type of stress that AK bolts put on them. Yeah, the AK bolts are not not light parts, and they really do smack up against that trunnion, and you no, uh, and especially with how overgassed some of them are. Yeah, you want that to be the best material possible. And I think when you look at most manufacturers right now, especially U.S. manufacturers, they learn from the past of do not do castronians. So yeah, it's it's very hard. I mean, just in general, because I used to work in a machine shop that dealt with a lot of castings. Just in general, it's hard to work with castings and get heat treats right and everything. So it's just one of those things on a firearm like this for that that part that what that part's designed to handle it's not going to work exactly so forge trunnion is an absolute must no matter whether you want a traditional modern you go akm no matter which way you go most manufacturers today they're going to be doing the hammer forge trunnion so of those manufacturers what would you say is probably the most common you see that people are going with from a gunsmith perspective that you see coming into your shop whether it be not necessarily for good or bad, just in general, what do you see more as the entry-level AKs? I was going to say, I don't even know if I can answer that as like an entry-level Actually, AK. hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. I want to back it up real quick because I just <laughs> okay. want to talk about the different styles, actually, because we, we did that whole thing with styles. I forgot that. So we oh, should yep. talk about modern yeah, Let's back it up. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of people do end up going the Yugo route and <laughs> route awakening that, shit, a lot of people don't make aftermarket parts for this like I want. Yeah, they granted Yugos do have their own aftermarket, but it's not as large as an AKM. Though a lot of companies are catching up now. I I will yes, say that they are. having having, you know, a Yugo I have looked into it a lot are. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for a more modern style AK, Yugo might not be the best option to go with for your initial AK. Though I know immediately someone from, you know, big Zestava fanboy including myself is yelling at, you know, yelling out that, yeah, there's because I love Zestava. I have Yeah, Zestava. Don't get me wrong. I think, like, Midwest Industries makes rails for them and stuff like that, like forearms and whatnot. But mm-hmm. still, it's one of the things. You're, you're more limited compared to your traditional, you know, Polish, Romanian AK where you know, everything fits. Yep. there's You just have to, you know, fit it sometimes. Yep. <laughs> but they'll, they'll typically fit. So with, with that in mind, your Yugo and your AKM, the real difference is going to be the Trunnions, basically, in... That's actually how the furniture is going to attach and the overall length of the handguard in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, Yugos were designed in their own. Basically, they didn't get the tech package from the Soviets. They were communists, but they really weren't. Uh, they were in the, the Soviet cool crowd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, they were against the Soviets, so those are good communists in my book. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. weird thing to say, a good communist, but I digress. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so anyway, so they built their own, and they kind of overbuilt theirs. You see a lot of memes online. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even Tyler sent me one the other day, and I thought it was great, and it was, like, someone, like, pointing out, like, all the features of a Zestava on, you know, people complaining about them, but I'm like, those are all features I like. And <laughs> Yeah, like the, the big-ass bulge trunnion, the, what is it? They went from a 1-millimeter receiver to a 1.5-millimeter receiver, so it's kind of like an RPK. It started exactly with an RPK and just made it an AK. It's exactly where they got the tech. Um, they, if 
the Yugoslavians had actually copied, they had gotten, I believe it was two Romanian RPKs, and they love those front reinforced trunnions, which, hey, mm -hmm. I love them too. So that's kind of why I have a Yugo M70 here. Or not Yugo M70, actually. I'm sorry, it's a Stava M70 because it's a modern one. Yeah. But so with AK versus Yugo, different furniture setup. And then the next thing would be the longevity of the firearm. How long are you planning on running matches with this thing? Are you planning on just bringing it to the range, you know, firing off a couple rounds here and there? What What is your end goal with the firearm? Because mm -hmm. so, also one thing you have to account for is availability of ammo. Because they sell AKs in a pretty wide variety of calibers, actually. Now, now they do. Your typical ones are 7.62 by 39 and uh, 5.45 by 39. It is. Uh, both of those are like surplus calibers. Yeah. You can I... find a lot of them still in the spam cans and stuff like that for sale. Buy them in bulk. Um, you'll also see some 5.56 five, now. Yeah, 5.56 uh, five, and 5.45 five have been hitting the market a little bit more lately than than they used to in the past which is kind of cool especially 556 five, just for ammo availability especially with it, it almost sucks liking AKs because a lot of your imports and supplies are based on political situations with countries that our country doesn't agree with politically and most oh, of us don't agree with politically yep. <laughs> uh being trying to be as apolitical with this as possible but mm. Yeah, anyways, so a yeah. lot of those, the prices can dictate, they can go up, they can go down, which kind of sucks if you have your heart set on one or two AKs. Yep, like right now, I'm building an AK-74, but uh, 5.45 ammo is pretty tough to come by these days. Yeah, it's and it's only going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. But now, if you really want to go expensive, they also have AKs in uh, 9 by 39 Oh, Have you yeah, ever but... seen any of that shit for sale? I have. That's, I, again, it's one of those things that I'm going to kind of ask why for your traditional shooter. Unless you're I a mean, big AK guy, I really wouldn't go for it. Like, I think it would be yeah. cool for you or I to grab down the road. But for yeah, if you're running like suppressed only, absolutely. That That's kind of like the AK's 300 blackout. Pretty much. I mean, but then again, I've also seen AK's in 308, which, you know, that's another caliber a lot of people throw suppressors on. I've seen them in 6.5 Creedmoor. I was about not to say 6.5 six, five, Grendel. Uh, 6.5 Grendel, yep. Yep, that's something we learned the, the, <laughs> with yep. the one Vepper you had in the show. 12 gauge, you got the, the Sagas, the Veppers, yep. I think I've even seen one of them in 4.10, which was yep. kind of cool. Yeah, there's been a couple different ones out there, but I think for the sake of your first AK, I think most people... 7.62. 7.62, 39, that's what most people are looking at traditionally, and I mean, if you're starting your first AK, it's... I don't want to say it's sacrilegious not to get seven six two thirty nine, but it's. So come on, with with steel case ammo, you can just you know if you have your own private property you're shooting on, you can just expend the shells and just leave them sit. They rust, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, and you can shoot the, that thing for days, even with you know the import restrictions of the seven six two thirty nine. It's still readily mm -hmm. available. The I was actually at a shop yesterday, and they were actually acting like it was impossible to get, and I was just like. Okay, let me just do a quick Google search on my phone. Nope, I'm good. Yeah. So, you know, if you've been buying AKs or SKSs for years now, I'm sure you've got ammo stored up or, you know, that was the joke with the ammo bands, like 556223 guys were panicking that, you know, oh, it's off the shelves. And yeah. AK guys are just kind of like, yeah, I think I got a pallet or two left. Yep. What was it? Just over the weekend, I was at a, a gun show, kind of local to me. I think it's like 45 minutes away. Went up there. I'll be honest, like, it was freaking dead. 
there wasn't much action going on. Uh, it was half the size I thought it was going to be because it used to have two rooms. This time it was only the one room. Oh, you and... went to Split Rock, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, See, I, Split Rock. Dude, I could have told you, man, that they had shut down half that place. Uh, you know, Nick and I went and we were just... Not yeah, it, it's disappointing. And like half the vendors are like socks, beef jerky, knives, I you know, that. stuff like that. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Like they kind of go with like the firearms hunting community. But at the same time, it's like you get too much of that. It kills the gun show. If it's not 70, and, 80 guns to other stuff, it's not worth your time, in my opinion. Exactly. And um, we went, we were walking around. And I'm like, well, I just test fired. I actually had a, a PTR 32 in, which is 762 by 39. I just ended up blowing two boxes of ammo through. So I'm like, well, I'm here. We're going to make it at least worth the trip up. So I ended up buying two boxes of 762 by 39. I think I paid like $12 a box for it. Wait, steel you know, case you paid $12 a box for? That's what it was all going for. You know, I'm, I'm yep, I was walking around like table to table because it, it was wolf, you know. Yeah, uh, actual cool, man, made Russian wolf, and look, going table to table, and I said to my buddy, I'm like, all right, let's see if we can find any seven six two thirty nine for under twelve dollars, and this was like, you know, eleven ninety five or whatever the hell it was. Jeez, the, the reason I'm shocked is because I've been buying brass case for about twelve dollars to fourteen dollars a box. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah, that, like. wow. that's just what I was seeing every like everybody had it for at the show, so I'm like, all right, I guess that's the price now. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I also think some people are also kind of fear mongering with it, with the ammo import bans and all the stuff in Ukraine. But that stuff aside, seven six two thirty nine is great caliber. Your first AK, gotta go seven six two thirty nine. And I think your options nowadays, you actually have more options than you did when we went to pick our first AKs. You know, not even from the state restriction side on my aspect, but just from the amount of manufacturers that are out there now. Back in the day, I yeah, think yeah. it pretty much used to be Century and whatever Century was bringing in, and then you had a couple. Yeah, you, you know, had Century or case. like Norton Co. Yeah, that was well. I mean, even think about it after the '94 ban, because remember Norinco. <laughs> for those who don't know, Norinco was banned from import separately from the assault weapons ban in the '90s due to the fact that Norinco was trying to sell weapons to gangs in LA, including oh, yeah. RPGs and tanks. Oh, you didn't know that. I did not know that. Dude, we're going to have to do a review on just that whole history side of it because it's 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 worth its own episode. Let's just do a whole episode on uh, Narenko. Narenko? Yeah, that's it. Narenko, its own episode one day. So we'll leave that for itself. So Narenkos are not really available in the country, and they're now extremely sought after. So what was once a entry-level AK is now a collector's grade item. Yeah. So, so nowadays, you're... You have someone like a company like Palmetto State. They're making AKs now, which mm. now how many of those have you seen in your shop, Tyler? Oh, I think I've only had maybe two, maybe two. Now, what was your thoughts on those? Because I, I remember the one you had that was a nine millimeter. And now, that one here's the thing. Nice. That was that was just my initial thoughts. Yeah, and and that's the thing with a lot of AKs. Uh, I I want to call them store ball AKs. A lot of store ball Fair. AKs. As long as, like, the rivets on the outside look nice, the finish isn't all, I don't know how to explain it, tacky looking. Mm-hmm. You know, some some finishes just are even. They they look pretty bad. But as long as the finish looks nice, the rivets all look straight, they're completely crushed but not over-crushed, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. 
So from the outside, it doesn't look bad. But now there's been times where like, you know, I've gotten Wasser 10, stuff like that. Once you pull the barrel and you can see what the rivets look look like underneath, completely That's different. different story. Yep. Or, you know, you knock the pins out for the gas block and then it just just about slides off by hand and it's like, oh, nice. I'm glad to see they tried to make that a press fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quality you know? with a K. But yeah, it's it's one of the things where you don't really know just by looking at it. Now with PSAs though, what's been your experience? Have they been, when you've opened them up, have they been on the yay side or nay side for a starting AK from your perspective? From my perspective, I, I would go with, I would go with one. So affordable AK, they're about six to eight hundred dollars, depending if you get them on sale or not. I'd say, uh, Palmetto State, you'd say cool, good to go. Yeah, I would. See, that was yep. just the little experience I've had with them. I can't complain. They they look nice. They Everyone I've talked they're affordable. to. affordable. Yep. Yeah, they're an entry-level AK just to go to the range, shoot, have some fun. I'm not saying run these diehard matches or, you know, do these extreme torture tests, but maybe worth doing yeah, a torture again, test. Again, you know, we're, we're not comparing it to, like, a milled receiver arsenal or something like that. Like, or a no shit, that's, that's going to hold up a lot better. You know, it, it's one of the things we're we're going for buying your first AK here, not buying the best AK. Now, next on the list, I think that I think of with with an entry level AK is the most infamous one, which is or most infamous slash famous, I guess, depending on your perspective, is Sentry Arms. Are these and... the ones that monkeys built? <laughs> I guess it depends on it depends which on the AK. And and here's the thing is, I know a lot of people like to bash Sentry and when it comes to their AKs, but there's one thing I like people to keep in mind before, and again, I'm not some simp for Sentry or anything, I actually do not own a Sentry Arms firearm in general. Even as much as I've talked up Kanek in the past, I don't own a Kanek. Mm -hmm. And there's something I will say for Sentry is, unlike a lot of other companies, without them, we wouldn't have had a lot of the other AKs or a lot of the other stuff. They were kind of one of the more common brands that still helped get them into the market over the years. So, yeah, their quality has gone up and down depending on models, but that's something you need to look at when you're purchasing something like a Sentry. Uh, the Zestava imports, like yours, typically pretty good. Mm -hmm. Typically no issues. A lot of the times Zestava was actually the one who did those conversions versus something like the old Ross 47s. Avoid those like the plague. Uh, luckily, yep. those are not being made anymore, and I believe those were actually being made on cash trunnions. Correct me if I'm wrong, yep. but they were they were garbage. Uh, now, something like the new Viscas, from my experience, the the Viscas are like those BFT-47s. Those seem pretty well built. And okay. in terms of the how they ho hold up, you know, longevity-wise, mm -hmm. I can't attest to that. But just from my initial pulling open the AKs, you know, checking the rivets, they weren't... They yeah, weren't I've also heard good things about the, uh, was it the WBP? Yeah, that's that's a Polish company. They're, they're another one I was actually going to say that well, before we even dive into them, uh, the Sentry ones, I think Sentry is a perfectly okay choice for your first AK. I think they're typically yep. affordable if you get something like a Visca. I think it's an American-built gun, typically mm -hmm. affordable. It's, again, is it going to last you as long as something, I don't know, a little bit more, for lack of a better term, quality? No, yep. you know, it's not going to hold up like something better, like a Zestava or something like that. But no, they're, they're good AK. They're, they're, they're a good entry-level AK. There you go. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, my other, one of my other AKs, I guess you could call it an AK, is a Sentry Arms, and that's my RPK. Ooh, yeah, that's that's the thing is they're one of your only options for some of those kind of imports too. Yep, and 
this one, I actually got it, uh, I think it was on arms list. I met up with a guy for a trade and, you know, I'm looking over this thing and I'm like, man, you know, it's better than what the pictures showed. And just looking over, it's like, dude, I can't find anything wrong with this. I got to have it. Well, that's the thing. Some of these imports that, again, it depends who did the import at the shop. We Mm -hmm. had an AK-63D that was a century that this thing was flawless. That thing was great. It so much so that the boss kept it for himself. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, but that just shows you that Sentry can do good AKs. And yeah, for an entry-level AK, go with a Sentry. You're not, you're not, yep. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash you there. Yeah, and you know how many times I actually take my RPK out shooting? I can so. probably count on, yeah, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've taken it out. But you know what? I loved, loved every minute of it, and I never had a single issue any of those times I took it out. Ooh, that just idea just rolled here. We're gonna have to do a light machine gun day with my Yugo M72, your RPK, your 42, you and my DP28, and my Bren. Ooh, I forgot about the Bren. Yes, we're gonna have to have yep. a light machine gun day at the range. So yeah, that'll be like, yeah. So mark my words. All right. Now, next, you mentioned WBP and WBP. I I'll be honest. I haven't had one of them in my hands. Okay. I I haven't had hold on I haven't had a completed WBP firearm in my hand like like from WBP I've built a parts kit with all of their parts and I had nothing bad to say about their parts starting from scratch okay cool so that that's good to hear is because I've heard mostly positive things and you know a lot of the times it's been from reviewers so you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt some of these YouTubers. Yep, yep. But everything I've seen, they they look like they're pretty solid AKs. They're Polish-built AKs. Nothing, and I mean, I think they're just north of $1,000, so they're in that Zestava price range. So that's really not too... If you're looking for an AKM and spending a couple extra bucks, WBP isn't a bad option. Yeah, I mean, let I think we should probably break it down. Like, a good, a good price for an AK, you're going to be around like $900 these days. Yeah. About somewhere to eleven hundred, yeah, somewhere in that that ballpark. Because a lot of people are like, you know, I I don't know if it's the nostalgia of it, but they're still expecting like four hundred dollar AKs, and it's just which, no, yeah, those days are long gone. So it, it's very comparable. Because like back then, you know, AKs were like three hundred bucks. Your AR was at like eight. It was so at like a thousand. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they, you had they a literally had a big roll gap. There was a roll reversal. Yup, and nowadays you you are seeing that you're seeing ARs as low as like five hundred bucks, and you're seeing AKs. You really can't touch them for what under six, seven. Yeah, I I haven't seen one at the shop leave for under under six. Yeah, so like I said, you're you're seeing that complete roll reversal. So if you're looking for a a good starting point, just just know you're going to be paying around nine hundred to eleven hundred bucks. See. And when you're looking at that, too, there's some other companies that I think hit that mark, but I don't necessarily know they're going to be worth it. Like, I've seen some... All right, see, I don't want to bash any companies when I say this. I've just... No, no, and that, that's issues. one thing with our podcast. We're never trying to, like, bash or badmouth any companies, really. So, I'm not going to talk about what companies you shouldn't necessarily go with, I should say, right here, but I would say that you need to avoid something like cash trunnions like we had talked about in the past earlier on yep. the podcast but that being said is if you're willing to spend a little bit more for your first 8k i think something like zestava i think that's that's your go-to uh 
say what you want. That's just my thought is if you're willing to no, spend thousand dollars uh, just stop as a go-to. What about, what is it, Kalashnikov USA? I know so, they're one of the newer manufacturers. I've had one in the shop. Wasn't too bad. So here's the thing with Kalashnikov USA, and I'm not trying to bash them, and I've heard mixed things with them. So I want to get my hands on one first, and I want to see it firsthand. So until I actually get one of them in my hands and actually play with it and actually shoot it, I can't give a fair assessment on the KUSA stuff. I would love okay. to. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to say, yes, KUSA, you can go with or you can't go with because they are basically the American version of the Russian weapons group that produces AKs for the civilian market. So in theory, they should be one of the best, and especially at the price point. They're about $1,200. they are a little bit more, I'd say. But, but I Higher middle. Exactly. So I haven't, I haven't had my hands on one to say yes or no to it. Soon, I would mm-hmm. love to. I've been planning on potentially trying to buy one, but the, the problem is just, again, you can't buy everything. When you're working in the shop, you're trying to make money, not lose money. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, oh, there's just so much stuff you want to buy there, man. I just that's, that's one of the biggest things I'd say is working across the counter is restraint. That That's the yeah. gun control is really not buying everything you want, because I think I have probably like three or four guns in the back already. Yup, yup. But... <laughs> And one of them is an AK. And so, because of course I love AKs, hence this episode. But so KUSA would love to give an assessment on it, but unfortunately I can't. So if, if you say they're decent so far from what you've seen, I'll I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but, I mean, there was a couple little things I didn't like about it. Just uh, like more like fit finish mm-hmm. type of deal. But other than that, if you're buying an AK to, to run the AK... I, I don't see any issue with it. Because uh, for that one, all I ended up doing was chopping the barrel, doing a pin and weld with the gas, or uh, with the front sight pressed all the way back to the uh, the gas block there. Oh, that was the one. Yes, I remember you showed me that. Yep, yeah, shorten it up, do a pin and weld. So nothing crazy. See, so I want to shoot one of those, and maybe that should be something we, we look into is trying to find someone who's got one that we can take out to the range and just really run it in comparison to a couple of our other AKs. Yep. And that's kind of why I like to recommend Zestava a lot as an entry-level AK is because they're a little bit more, but I think for the the little bit extra you pay, you get a quality AK, and I don't think it's something you should be scared away with with the aftermarket parts. From... But now, see, for me, the only thing with Zestava's, like, the, uh, like right off the shelf, is the contours of, like, the, the stock and the, the, uh, the pistol grip. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, I don't know, I don't want to say it irks me, but a lot of times I'm noticing it's different compared to, like, the original, like, the M70 furniture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, the new so, ones, yeah, they have a more traditional AKM style length stock to it versus your yeah. old M70 yeah, style stock. It, yeah, I where I would prefer, it's like, look, I want an exact copy of that, just make it in America for, like, the import reasons. So, you know I, what I mean? I get what you're saying, and I understand that. I think for the U.S. market, though, they're like, everyone's typically sees this length with this stock, so let's give the traditional what more people are used to. I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. But I just think from their perspective as a marketing perspective and, I guess, sales to the general public, it makes more sense Mm -hmm. from them with that. Uh, To be honest with you, with the grip, though, the, the grips they give you right out of the box for the the walnut like I have myself it's too yeah. it's too slippery there's there's just not enough grip for it it's actually, too slick 
Yep. Yeah, and me, I like a traditional looking AK, but I actually swapped that out for the Magpul grip. And I'll tell you, I think that Magpul grip is so much nicer. And mm-hmm. I think you felt it before too. It gets yeah. that more natural, I want to say more traditional AK vibe to it. Yeah, but like with mine, you got the original, like the the black ribbed, like the original is a stop that's one that's ribbed for her it. pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those grips were ripped for a lot of people's pleasures and screams and a bunch hey, of others that I... the Balkans. Oh, uh, man. But no, that that grip was actually a really nice grip. And I think it's something a lot of people do overlook with the old Yugo AKs is that black grip. It might look a little funky, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a damn good grip. Plus, it's wider than your, your typical AKM that, honestly, to me, and I even have small hands, the typical, like, AKM style grip is a little on the small side where that fills out your hand a little more yep you know and that's one thing we we didn't even think to touch on is just how small some ak's feel to bigger shooters that's true some you know size wise people forget they well again when were they were designed and who were they were designed for they were designed for you know potato farmers and russians and a peasant's army something easy something you know these people were really let's be honest they weren't fed um yeah to, it's it's just true. They weren't fed, so they were shorter stature stuff like that. You see that very true with the VZ fifty eight, uh, the overall mm-hmm. dimensions of that. But yeah, it's shorter than your typical AR fifteen or your M sixteen or hell any basic bolt action rifle. Your average American. Yeah, I think they might even have like a thirteen inch length of pull or something like that. It might even be shorter. Yeah, we actually have to should have measured that. Yeah, and, it's something uh, like that. <laughs> we're talking about ribs and measure being ribbed and uh, measuring. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> So it's a different platform, and I think it's one that your average shooter should dive into and they should get an AK, whether you're a traditional kind of hunter, someone who likes, you know, just going hunting, bolt action, scopes, or you like the AR-15 and you think it's a tried-and-true weapon, which I agree, the AR-15 is a tried-and-true weapon. Mm -hmm. But the AK is a great option, and I like, I, I personally prefer the AK to the AR. That's just me. It's when I turned 18, I bought an AK over an AR. And, you know, I've I've only sold one of my AKs where I've sold, I think, pretty much every AR-15 I've ever owned up until the ones I currently have now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's it. And the only reason I sold the AK years ago was, again, that, that was a trade to get an SVT-40 or else I would not have gotten rid of it. I love the AK. Yeah. And it's one of the things, like... Yes, the AK does have setbacks. You got a shorter sight radius than you do with your typical AR-15. I know a lot of people complain about mounting optics to it, but in recent years, you've had a lot of advancements in the way people are mounting optics. You have, like, uh, I know Midwest Industries has hand guards that you can mount, like, your red docks or your uh, reflex sights to. So those are a nice option. There's the uh, There's a company... Yep, there's side... If your AK already has a side rail to it, they have little uh, mounts. Dust covers. Uh, RS regular... Yep, you... Uh, who is it? Texas? Texas, Texas Weapons Weapon Systems? Something like that. Yep. Yeah, they have a entire dust cover that... I believe that's a pretty straightforward replacement. Yeah, you just pull your old dust cover, slap the new one on. It's a lot tighter, so it doesn't wobble or anything like that to help hold that. I don't want to say not the best option but it's not as rigid as some other fixed ways of mounting. But again, you know, something like a red dot, it's probably going to be good enough. If you're building the AK from scratch, there's companies like, uh, what is it, Saberworks, where instead of your traditional rear sight block, 
it's a rear sight block that's made for these different like adapters kind of for what you plan on running like a picatinny rail or uh one i have on my ak-74 is a just straight scope base so you push the pin slide the scope base on so it's easy access and honestly a super solid mount so i have no gripes about running a rifle scope on that and i think as we see a lot of modern stuff is you know a lot of people say the ak is obsolete or becoming obsolescent because of the ability to mount optics mm-hmm. but even as you look at modern applications of the ak like again looking at ukraine you see on the western forces like the the ukrainian style they typically they're mounting optics on their ak's they're they're doing it whereas the russians they're not and who's winning the fight mm-hmm. simple as that so well I, from our perspective <laughs> <laughs> well i'm saying you see what people are sending us well i'm saying the average engagement who's going to be winning the average engagement the guys with the optics stuff like that or the guys without and it's yep yeah, that that's kind of more what I'm getting at, not who which army is superior to the other. Oh, but <laughs> but on that note, guys, I think we've uh I think we've kind of talked a lot about you know different things to look for your first AK, a couple different companies, a couple different options that you have out there on the market. Yeah, absolutely. So I think as uh we kind of wrap up here, Tyler, you know where can uh where can everyone find you at and see all your cool AKs that you build, post, and buy, you know all that good oh, stuff. Absolutely, and there's gonna be another round of AK builds coming shortly. I'm actually getting everything tooled up for that. Uh, they can find me on the socials at Precision Rifle Works LLC. www.precisionrifleworks.com is the website. I think that's just about it. All right. And guys, you can, you know, follow you know, myself over on the socials, well, mostly just Instagram and YouTube at SightPicture762. And of those next batch of AKs, you will be seeing what I will be posting too, which I'm very excited for. And that's going to be, uh, yeah, just follow along and you'll see. And we'll, we'll talk about it more in the future. And then to follow all of our posts and all that good, lovely stuff, uh, go right over onto Instagram at Across the Gun Counter. Or you can follow us over on the website at www.acrosstheguncounter.com. Excellent. And, you know, before before we leave, guys, please make sure leave, you know, a rating, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do just to get your uh, cross-the-gun-counter information there so we can get it all direct to you. I know normally we try and post weekly. It's been kind of spotty lately. But, yeah, make sure you follow us on all those things. You know, like us, you know, give us a five-star rating, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week or soon, I should Take say. care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>